Shelby and Matt. And we have snubs. We snub, have snub, snubs. snubs. Oh my gosh, we've been waiting for the snubs of the year. Uh, uh Margot Robbie, not nominated. <laughs> burn it down. Burn it down. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oscar so, Oscar so male. Nominations came out. Oscar nominations came out. Okay. Yes, and, they did. Um, and people had thoughts. People have lots of thoughts. People, like, people who don't normally have thoughts have uh, thoughts. Yeah, Hillary Clinton's piping in for some reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like there are more important things politicians and leaders could be focusing on, but like, what do I know? What do I know? It's exhausting. I mean, this is the thing, right? When it first happened, I was like, oh, that's classic Oscars nominating a woman-led film for everything except Best Director. That's where I got like, that's where I was wrinkled because the same thing happened with Greta Gerwig for Little Women. And I was like, of course, they think it's like, we can shove this in anywhere else, but like the person who made the movie, you know, votable for every other category doesn't get attention. Whatever. I get it. It's sad. And I liked that America Ferreira and Ryan Gosling were both like, uh, this is awkward. But it has just, it's it's gone too far. Like white women, white women, I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. You guys need to dial it back. Okay. This is too much. It's we've We've missed the point. We've missed the plot. And now we're just digging a hole even further like it's just it's too much yeah that's my that's my final statement (laughs) yeah i mean you know i did not necessarily love barbie um it got a ton of nominate nominations it didn't get into best director for greta gerwig or best actress for margot robbie both of whom it should be noted were nominated for oscars just in different categories because yeah margot robbie is nominated in the best picture category because she's a producer and greta gerwig is nominated in the screenplay category because she wrote the movie mm-hmm. and and yeah barbie itself was not snubbed it got like eight yes. nominees and including I, American Ferreira. I and... think the crazy thing is that they're like, well, they gave it to Ken and not to Barbie. And it's yeah. like, well, actually, they were competing in completely different categories. Right. And the same number of men and women would have been nominated either way. So I guess, like, you could say that you think that the performance of Margot Robbie gave is better than the performance of Ryan Gosling. But, like, they – in no world were they, like, sort of – like, does one – mean that the other can't get in like if you want to complain about margot robbie you have to complain about one of the other nominees who got into best actress but Um, that would mean they'd have to know who those nominees are, right which they do not (laughs) and have seen those movies which they again have not yeah because right now it's uh best actress is lily gladstone from killers of the flower moon um emma stone for poor things and uh, Sandra Hewler right. from Anatomy of a Fall and Annette oh, yeah. Benning from Nyad. Okay, so that's the one where it's like, okay, why are we doing yeah. Nyad? But that's fine. That's fine. 
Right. Um, it's a tough year for but, for women, I guess. And it's also like, where is the outrage for the other great exactly. performances that didn't get into this category? Yes. Such as The Color Purple, which didn't get nominations in a lot of categories that mm-hmm. I think it shouldn't mm-hmm. have deserved. Or mm-hmm. something like Origin or mm-hmm. Past Lives. Mm-hmm. Um, but those, of course, are all films that have mm-hmm. lead actresses mm-hmm. who are not white. So that mm-hmm. is very interesting, mm-hmm. isn't it? Yeah, it's like, it's unfortunate that we... That this is like what liberal feminism looks like is like we don't care until it's a white woman being snubbed. We don't even stop to think about what progress is being made for other women and other marginalized communities because Lily Gladstone is the first native indigenous woman to be nominated in an acting category. And like I said, America Ferreira is right there repping Barbie. And instead of getting to talk about how this is such a celebration of her long career, she's being asked about like, oh my gosh, how do you feel about the snub of Margot Robbie? And it's just like, yeah, it's frustrating because you take a good, you know, passing criticism of like, wow, isn't this interesting? Like another snub, there's not enough. The Oscars tend to avoid nominating female directors, even though, you know, we only get one type thing. And it's like an exhausting conversation. And it's truly, truly, truly irritating to watch the Oscars fail to change or at least change very slowly. But it's like, the outrage, the outrage to get Hillary Clinton to tweet about this. Like, it's like, what are we doing here? This is not, this happens every year. Every year there's a snub. Every year there's a disappointment. And we can feel sad and bad about it. But to make this like such a event, it just feels kind of cringy because, yeah, like Ava DuVernay is nowhere to be seen. Greta Lee for her acting or Celine Song for directing Past Lives is nowhere to be seen. And yet all anyone talking about is the billion dollar movie Barbie that everyone saw was already critically and commercially successful. And Greta Gerwig and Margot Robbie will go on to do great, good things. You know, there's there's no trouble to be had from their absentee on this ballot. Well, I mean, yes. the And I think that the version of feminism that's so up in arms is perhaps ironically, somewhat akin to the version of feminism that is uh, being promoted in the film. So that, in my <laughs> mind, does make sense in some regards. Yeah. Um, I think the thing with the best director lineup is that, like, for people who are not paying any attention to the Oscars, who do not pay attention to the Oscar race, it's like, wait, the biggest film of the year was Barbie and Greta Gerwig didn't get nominated because she's the director? Like, that's crazy. Like, we are in this is outrage. Like, how could this happen? This crazy event that we never saw coming where it's like, actually a lot of people who pay any attention to the Oscars did not think that Greta Gerwig was going to get nominated. Not because she's a woman necessarily, because there was a woman who was nominated in this category, Justine Trier for anatomy of a fall, but because the director's branch is notoriously very, very snooty And they like movies that are small and artsy. And they very rarely nominate directors for big budget movies from big studios that make a ton of money. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that the equivalent to this might be something more like Top Gun last year, which was a giant success, was a big, you know, budget directing feat in a lot of ways, but they didn't nominate him. They nominated a bunch of other, you know, sort of smaller movies. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, sure, Killers of the Flower Moon also had, you know, a big budget, but I think it's different coming from, like, if Martin Scorsese had 
had directed a Marvel movie, which obviously he did not want to do, <laughs> like I don't think that they would have nominated that kind right. of thing. Like I yeah, think exactly. that Barbie just as a movie is a little bit too big for them. And they're sort of like, you know what? The money is the prize kind of for you. Like we are going to nominate this, you know, two international movies in this lineup mm-hmm. instead. So it's something that is a lot uh like I, I don't I don't think this is surprising to most people who like actually yeah. know anything about the Oscars. Well yeah, because like I said, Barbie is doing fine. Like it got so many nominations. So it's like it's not even like I don't even know. <laughs> I feel like there was a year where people are like, What? You're not paying any attention. To- oh, like the woman king. Like everyone was like, Oh, that doesn't get anything. Or like maybe it was like nominated for costume or something. No, I don't think like it this- got any nominations. Yeah. This was like this was this is fine. This is all over the Oscar ballot. Like, I think it's fine. And I, I, yeah, I just am tired of the, (laughs) the news cycle that just seems endless around this because, yeah, it happens every year. There's just not enough awards to go around. And while we can always talk about the patterns and call out like the double standards or whatever, I don't think your little like, video edit of Greta Gerwig to The Man by Taylor Swift is giving what you think it's giving, you know? <laughs> like uh, she's a very successful director and you just need to bring this energy to people who are struggling and whose subject matters aren't as well um, received or globally acceptable. And I think, yeah, you can I, see the I trend there. And all of those things go together for me. Yeah. <laughs> Taylor Swift singing The Man, the Barbie snub, the Barbie... Bu- politicalization yeah it all it all makes sense that this is uh the calls coming from inside the house um honestly it was more interesting that barbie got an adapted screenplay nom over killers of the flower moon because that i mean that that's wild to me not because i don't like barbie or think that it's a bad script but just because the undertaking of killers of the flower moon from what it was as a book to what it is as a movie I don't know. It, it it seemed like maybe a little bit more <laughs> impressive. Well, all all of the other four nominees in this category, also of American Fiction, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest, are all like adaptations that are doing a lot of heavy lifting mm-hmm. from the source material. Like it's like very they're very different in ways that I think are really um, effective. Where Barbie is like, I mean, it's it's in this category because it's based on a doll, but it's mostly just like all ideas yeah. that, you know, they came up with. So it's very hard to grade the two against each other. Yeah. But yeah, it's like Barbie did fine. Like America Ferrara also, I mean, it's ex- like I love her. I've loved her since Ugly Betty. But, you know, that was a surprise nomination as well in a category that had other big competitors who didn't get into that category. So it's like Barbie got into places that we didn't think it was going to get into. Like, Margot Robbie will be fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, if I'm honest, I wish Barbie – I wish America Ferrara would win, and I wish Adapted Screenplay goes to someone else. But I do feel like Adapted Screenplay is going to be the, like, throwaway that they give to Greta Gerwig, Um, and she'll win. I feel like after all of this hullabaloo, like that very well could happen. But now there's like almost sort of a backlash to the backlash thing going on. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm like, maybe we actually not. I don't yeah. know. The other thing that I think is interesting in the screenplay category is that American fiction is there, which is yes. such a screenplay movie. And I kind of think that's the type of thing that probably won't win in any other category. Yeah. So I could see the fans of that movie, which obviously there are a lot of because it got five nominations and it's a best picture nominee, like really stumping hard for that there. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't yeah. necessarily think that that's a locked up category, but it yeah. will be interesting. And I could definitely see Greta Gerwig winning because also Noah Baumbach um, co-wrote the movie. And mm-hmm. I don't think either of them have an Oscar yet. So that would be in sort of interesting for both of them. He didn't get they, it for Marriage Story? I don't think so. I don't oh. think I don't think either. And I don't. she didn't get any words for Lady Bird. Yeah, or um, Little Women. Mm-hmm. So I, it would be interesting for the two of them to get a screenplay <laughs> Oscar for their worst screenplay, I would say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess the thing I was excited about was American fiction because that's a movie you and I have talked about and like loved, but it was kind of yes. a quieter, you know, release. I really love Sterling K. Brown in it, and I'm glad he got Best Supporting Actor nomination here as the gay whore brother as the gay whore. <laughs> representation how do you feel about it? is it problematic that i loved it i don't i is he does he identify in a certain way with the queer community i don't know no, no it felt very accurate to me i was like ah yes yeah. the sort of like muscle gay who invites two twinks to like his dead <laughs> grandmother's house and is like doing cocaine on the coffee table like that that he's i'm like so this, good he's this so good. tracks and he, as Sterling K. Brown, when grieve. he cries, I cry. And he has like a single tear moment. Like, I don't know. I really loved what he did in this. And so I was excited to see so many nominations for it because I feel like it could have been one of those movies that was ignored. Um, which speaking of, the thing that makes me most upset is that Origin is absolutely uh, nowhere to be seen here. I know. Origin, my beloved Origin. Yeah. I saw this. The movie, it's so weird. And we kind of talked about this, I feel like, previously. But, like, it came out at TIFF. I loved it. I think a lot of people loved it. I think there was this sort of this buzz, though, that it was a little too talky. Yeah, like, Um, or cheesy. Yeah. And too, like, oh, we're just, like, reading passages from the book, basically. um, That it that the adaptation was too like academic sort of. Um, And I think that neon, the distributor for whatever reason, just sort of thought, okay, you know what? There's, we have other movies this year, like anatomy of a fall and Ferrari, which we think are going to be bigger hits. Like let's put more attention on that. And then they bumped origins release date to like the middle of January, which was so strange. And so the movie just sort of like, died and nothing happened with it until mm. January when all of a sudden everybody started seeing it and it was coming into theaters and Ava DuVernay and um, Anjanou Ellis started doing interviews and then I think everyone was like wait a second this is actually like a, an incredible movie and should be nominated for an Oscar and so they threw this real last minute campaign where they were getting all these big stars to come out of the woodwork to do things and it just like didn't quite land in time I think yeah. if Oscar voting had been two weeks later, it would be very different. But I just don't know why they screwed up the like release strategy so much, especially 
because it's not like this movie's from some nobody. Like, mm-hmm. it's Ava DuVernay, who was already snubbed when Selma came out. Like, she she got a, a bunch of Emmys for the... Um, the Amazing Central Park House. Five yeah. series. Yeah. I always want to say it's what we do in the shadows. And I'm like, that's not that <laughs> the same thing. Um, obviously, there was a wrinkle in time in there, which was not great. But <laughs> otherwise, which Shelby famously loved, but the rest of America was like, um, uh, not, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know why they didn't push it more. Um, I think that they thought that perhaps it was too smart of a movie for people, but. I loved it, and I'm so upset that it didn't get nominated for Oscars, but, you know, there's lots of good movies that don't get nominated every year, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but where's the outrage for that, huh? Let's exactly. get some of these. Let's I mean, get there's the absolutely no recognition for it, because I, like, talked to some friends this weekend, and I mentioned Origin, and they're like, what is that? And, like, no one has heard of this movie unless you're, like, paying attention to the, you know, movie side of TikTok right. or whatever you're on. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it wasn't surprising to not see it, but that was definitely more disappointing than the Barbie outrage. Um, I'm trying else? to think of any other highlights from it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like the acting nominations were mostly sort of what we thought that they were going to be. I still cannot believe that Emily Blunt has been nominated for that role in Oppenheimer, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like that's her first it's nomination. She, said that she has the line about like, history you don't get to ask us to forgive you for your i don't remember i feel like that's the that's gonna be the highlight reel is her yelling at him in the i don't know misty graveyard or something where does she find him i don't well she's in that she has to endure watching the uh (laughs) watching florence Florence Pugh ride him in the um direct yeah the in in the like investigative room or whatever my question for you is have you watched nimona no the animated movie on netflix because i watched that over the weekend and i was like wait this feels like something that um I was like, is this a movie that Shelby has seen because she has a child? Because I have a child? Okay. Yeah. I'll look it up. I'll 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 come back next week and have seen it. Is it good? Well I mean, I thought it was like pretty good. It's kind of okay. gay. <laughs> oh, cute. It's yeah. So I don't know. I thought that did was you, really interesting. Did you end up having to watch Society of the Snow? I have not watched that yet. I did watch Flame and Hot though, the Cheetos movie. Why? <laughs> Because that got nominated for Best Original Song because Diane Warren wrote a song for it. <laughs> okay, but I mean, Society of the Snow got like two nominations and for much more major categories. So I think you're... Yeah, no, I'll get to it. There. I will get to Society <laughs> of the Snow. That's hilarious. Um, um, yeah, so the Oscars are happening. Do we have any details on the host or anything? I think it's Jimmy Kimmel. Ugh. Again. <sighs> okay, fine. It's Joe Coy. They're bringing him back. They said, you you get a second chance. (laughs) Actually, wait, there's one more thing I want to talk about in the Oscars, which is the cinematography category. Mm. They nominated El Conde, which is the Chilean vampire movie. Actually, wait, have you seen this, Shelby? No. I feel like you might get into this. The Chilean vampire movie? Yes. So basically the premise, it's from Pablo Lorraine, who did Spencer and Jackie. 
Um, okay. But it's <laughs> about not my favorites. But... Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, but here, here, here's where I feel like it's maybe more okay. interesting to you. It's sort of based on this premise that like the horrible like dictators and people throughout the world um, are actually these like evil vampires who just you know like continue living on and then sort of come back in history as various other villains and like sort of the reason why they're so successful at being terrible dictators is because they've done it before and so it's about like a real life um chilean dictator uh from i think like the 80s maybe and 90s who was just like terrible 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 and it's sort of about him in his like old age kind of as a vampire in hiding trying to figure out what he's like how he's going to um like move on and sort of like restart again mm-hmm. in the new age of technology but then these nuns like figure out that he's there and have to try to go kill him okay so it's sort of like so it's sort of like political um yeah. And, like, protest art, but then at the right. same time is, like, uh, is like a vampire movie. Uh-huh. And it's gorgeous. And it's in black and white. And it's in black and white. Of course. It's stunning. There's always one. So, okay. I, I'm i not feeling consider. it, but I will try it. Whatever. I'll add it to my list right now. El Conde. Did okay. you see Guardians of the Galaxy 3, or are we going to have to watch that while we're, I'm visiting you? Because that's <laughs> no, I watched actually. That. That's the that's the thing that I feel bad about for you is that while I'm there, you're gonna have to watch whatever these dregs of nominees that I haven't seen <laughs> no, yet. No, 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 no. So it's gonna no, be you and I, I, I watching. I've seen pretty much all of them. So <laughs> no, you haven't. <laughs> you definitely haven't seen Io Capitano, the <laughs> Italian international film submission. But you yeah. will. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I saw something upsetting. Um. This might be old news, but like Gigi Hadid and Bradley Cooper were like holding hands. Oh yes, mm-hmm. I don't understand. Was that was that, that was it? That was that all that was, was upsetting. It, yes, it is upsetting. I mean, he's so old, and you know, he's literally like fifty years old. I'm pretty is sure he he's that much older than old. her in compare? How old is she in comparison to Taylor Swift? She's twenty eight, so she's okay. pretty young. Okay. Uh, yeah. Taylor Swift loves Taylor Swift's like me. She gravitates towards younger friends. You know. Can't resist. I guess. Well, <laughs> wait. Oh yeah, because they are friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's dating Taylor Swift's ex. Is that where no. the drama is? What do you mean, Gigi Hadid? Yes. Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper wait, and Taylor wait, Swift wait, have wait, never... Wait, 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 wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. For whatever reason, I'm getting Bradley Cooper mixed up with Jake Gyllenhaal. <laughs> that, that will be a wild story. And honestly, I feel less upset about that pairing. Je- How old is he? He reads younger to me. Jake Gyllenhaal is definitely gay. <laughs> that is like a known hey, fact, hey, I swear. Hey, 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 hey. Taylor Swift said... And Sean Mendes said it's not nice to guess at people's sexuality. Well, yeah, that's because yeah. all three of those people are in fact homosexuals. <laughs> Jake Gyllenhaal, age forty-three. Okay. And how old Anyways, is Bra- Bradley Cooper? Is fifty? Bradley Cooper is turning fifty this year. <sighs> Isn't that horrifying? And so many wow. levels. Mm. 
He but was anyways, so hot in they've, Alias. They've been, like, they've been like seen together, but Gigi Hadid is famously seen with a lot of like older dudes, like whatever. She has her type, I guess. But they were fir- they were officially shown holding hands. Oh, yeah, holding they hands. They officially had some PDA. So it's officially been marked. I don't know. It's just like so weird to me. It's such a weird relationship to me and also her having been married to Zane, right and they have like a baby and now she's oh, like yeah. hanging out with leo and like bradley cooper and it's just like mm, i don't know i don't like thought it. that you were gonna bring up i feel like that there has been an alarming trend recently of celebrities like really going out of their way to prove themselves to be like unsavory republican adjacent characters and oh. then me having to be like, Ugh, actually, no. I mean, obviously, this happened with Dave Chappelle, but the but Nicki Minaj recently has oh, been I mean, like that's been old news. Yeah, I, well, I mean, yes, but like it's there's been a flare up, and I feel yes. like now it's like her and Ben Shapiro like going yeah, being like hey, we like each other on Twitter. It's like okay, well now I got to stop listening to her music. <laughs> um, it's not been that good lately so well no that's true too um but then there was another person who oh snoop dog just came oh. out saying as with a statement that's like donald trump's never done anything bad to me oh yeah it's like it's like snoop <laughs> read the room my that's god the bar is just <laughs> like oh i have my not been personally gosh <laughs> oh snoop dog wow it's really, it's really the ones you least expect. I know. Oh, that's funny. Too well, bad. and then, and then Dave Chappelle was on. Uh, I don't know if you saw this photo, but Dave Chappelle was on SNL this week. Well, the the well, the host. What I don't, I I not, I have not watched that show in several years, but um, Dakota Johnson was the host, yes. and Justin Timberlake. Oh, which we have to get into that. Justin Timberlake was the musical guest, and then he for was what, yes, and then for whatever reason, the they there was like a picture that was going around online that was you know the like goodbye at the end of the night. So like Dakota Johnson's in the middle, like um Justin Timberlake's there, but I guess like the Shark Tank people must have been on the show. So there's like Mark Cuban's on the stage, then Dave Chappelle's on the stage, what? and you can see Bo and Yang like in the back, like far back corner of the stage, just looking like so disgusted by the whole lineup <laughs> of them. And it's like, yeah, what a nightmarish group of people to be on SNL. Like totally lost all sense of what's going on in the world. But do they just let everyone? famous in the audience come on stage or no. were they like involved no That's so weird like i think that i think that they must have been in sketches but i don't i didn't watch the episode obviously so yeah. i don't know what sketches they were in Freaking but yikes. the funny thing with justin timberlake is he is truly at the lowest of low like yeah. he his last album did poorly the in sync collab trolls thing kind of came <laughs> and went um Obviously, all of the Britney Spears memoir stuff has made him look terrible, terrible, terrible. And this is on top of like several years of just re-litigating his behavior in the like early 2000s with sort of his like cultural appropriation of black people and everything that happened with Janet Jackson in the Super Bowl and his like retaliation against Britney Spears after they broke up. So he is not in a good place, is releasing another album. Uh, which I don't think is going to do well. The first single of it, 
now I'm like, what was the name of the song? I can't remember. <laughs> Anyways, whatever the song, of, the name of the, whatever his first single was, just happens to also be a title of some like very B-list, C-list track off of Britney Spears' Femme Fatale album. Oh and so gosh. Britney Spears fans were like, no, 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 no. We shall not be letting uh, Justin Timberlake get to the top of this chart. Like, And so in a super petty way, they basically blocked his song on iTunes and Spotify by like streaming and buying this random ass old Britney Spears song with the same name. So if you looked on iTunes, it'd be like, number one is the Britney Spears song. Number two is the Justin Timberlake song, (laughs) both with the same title, which I was like, this is incredible. I love that sort of fan work. It's really brilliant. But then today, Britney Spears released a statement or made a statement online that was sort of like, Oh, I really like the new song. Like I like, She's Everything's a nice good person. with me and Justin. Yeah. I'm like, Brittany. <laughs> Brittany, now is not the time for this. We're trying to take him down. She's just that sweet Southern belle, you know? She just I'm wants like, where's you and the along? knives dancing around the kitchen? <laughs> like, bring those back. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. I mm. haven't listened to it. I didn't even know. It didn't even pop up on my Spotify for you. So, yeah, it works, you know? Yeah, it knows. <laughs> Your Spotify's like, Shelby does not want this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's all the news I have. Yeah, that's all the news I have too. Oh, okay, perfect. Love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. Yeah, I um, I watched American Nightmare, which is a short like docu series on Netflix, and I've it's about this. It. It's about this home invasion of a couple in 2015, and the police decide they figured it was a hoax because the woman reappears, and the media at the time becomes obsessed with this being a Gone Girl copycat because Gone Girl had just come out. And so the documentary just goes into how this horrific thing happened. And the police just did, just absolutely botched it, did not care, did not investigate. This woman was kidnapped, taken, raped, and then released and just like traumatized. And the police didn't believe her. They, in fact, started a campaign to say that they're going to charge this couple with like, you know, whatever, fake police report or whatever and it turns out to be true and they end up finding the guy who had a pattern of breaking into women's homes and you know pretending to kidnap them and raping them and then it finally went far enough that he actually took someone out of the home in this case and it was so just aggravating (laughs) to watch and I think an important piece of true crime because it's it's drawing attention to the main issue which is that cops are not necessarily good detectives and in fact in fact a lot of these resources are wasted and they don't have any real training they're allowed to lie and like just say things like we got a confession we know you did it we saw you do it blah 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 that gets it's obscene what we let police get away with <laughs> and i'm not trying to be all a cab i mean that's that's how I feel. But what I'm saying is it's a good it's a good journey into the um, police system and the struggle it has to really do what it's meant to do, which is, you know, protect and serve um, as these egos get involved and these biases and these sort of like wild stories they want to be true. So they just focus on that instead of the more obvious thing that could be true. And it was good. And it was like the victims were both like really 
interesting characters. They have a really obviously a compelling story, but on top of it, they're just like, especially the woman, she has such a grace to the way she talks about it and a clarity with how she knows she is privileged while also having this horrific thing happen to her um, and the disappointment of the failed system. So it was good. It was very thoughtful. It wasn't too like, you know, true crimey, like over the top, like voyeuristic, like dirty, grimy thing. It was more interesting than I maybe would have expected from a Netflix docuseries. Hmm. Interesting. I famously uh, don't watch Netflix docuseries, so. I know. This probably is will not be watching else. this. But <laughs> yes, the cops are bad. I, I could have told you that from the jump. Yeah. Um, always a disaster. I am here to talk about the traitors. The traitors, yes. The, have you? Oh, yeah. Wait, this is where you, this is who flew you out. Yes, this is who flew me to Scotland. But also, I don't like, I don't know if this is self fulfilling, like prophecy and the tech age where everything that I have in all of my social media feeds is related to the traders, or if it's the gays are just really obsessed with the traders, which they are, or if it's that the traders is like actually a national phenomenon, although it is the number one show on streaming currently. Um, what is it streaming on? Peacock. Oh, okay. Well, that's um, just a lie. But it is. <laughs> incredible it's like i liked the first season it's basically the game mafia but set in a castle in scotland and it's all these reality tv contestants and so some of them are there's a couple of them that are traitors the rest of them are faithfuls Mm. um the traitors murder somebody every week and then the faithfuls have the opportunity to vote somebody out of the game so they're trying to vote out the traitors um and it is mesmerizing. There's, it's like a constant meme machine. Every week, there's so many memes. It reminds me of when, like, White Lotus season two was at its peak. Like, so many incredible quotable moments. The cast is on fire. The twists and stuff are just working so perfectly. Like, I... It is the most entertaining TV show that I have watched in quite some time. And I am, like barely holding it together waiting for every new episode to hit i feel like that we should do an episode on it because it seems to me to be very in the cultural zeitgeist um, I, Shelby, you I haven't heard up. anything about this Shelby, well that's because you're not on gay twitter <laughs> okay, well cultural zeitgeist has to be a fair coverage of you know all identities <laughs> right but like we can't like you just are on the wrong side of things you know <laughs> Like, I don't know what your Twitter is mostly, like how to build a crib or whatever, you you know. know, um, (laughs) The slice of pie you're referencing. I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know if it's actually the most streamed TV show. It's on Peacock. Who has Peacock? (laughs) Well, according to Nielsen ratings, I think a lot of people have Peacock, actually. And and the reason why is because of sports. Because I think Peacock has a lot of sports. So a lot of sports people have it. You make a valid claim. Um... How would we, when is, what am I committing to? It's 10 episodes. It's all out? No. Oh, okay. So they release the first three at once and then it's released weekly. So you have a bit of time to watch them all. (laughs) What week are we on? There's five episodes out. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, I'll I'll see what's coming out that weekend and plan ahead and we can search it out. (laughs) Okay. Uh. (laughs) Anywho, because um, if we're being honest, Love is Blind was the cultural moment and you didn't want to watch that. So 
just just to say, just to point out that there might be some. <laughs> it wasn't a cultural moment on gay Twitter. Let me tell you that. Okay. <laughs> and this is... Anyways, anyways. Um, anyways. As anyways. we argue about what what to watch and what to do an episode on, this is relevant because um, Thursday is our 250th. Yeah, so we have argued about 200 and probably 48 of those episodes <laughs> and what we should cover. Um, yeah. And the other two, Shelly was on maternity leave. Yeah. So that um, makes sense completely. And we have something special and weird cooked up for you that makes just as much sense as the rest of our special episodes do, yes, which is yeah. to say very little. Yeah. And hopefully it'll be entertaining. It's sort of Oscar-y themed. <laughs> um and yeah <laughs> if you're a long-time listener hopefully you'll find it interesting yes if you're a short-time listener hopefully you find it interesting yeah i'm excited yeah but... i think it'll be good and chaotic so <laughs> that's what we that's what we look for but yes we'll see you guys on tuesday bye <laughs> <laughs>